Hello and welcome to the Chronicles of Ganesi, Curse of the Green Sea, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast where six adventurers are trying to prevent the Realm Eater Amera from destroying the world. My name is Morgan Mendez and I play Dara Matalit, a steelborn druid cleric. Dara loves to create unique flowers using their druid craft and sometimes hands them to their companions as precious gifts. Hi, I'm Chase and I play SDL Dodorus, a human sorcerer artificer who has a dragon inhabiting his soul. And my fun fact this week is that he is turning 30 this year in game. Hey everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Avery, and I play as Quill Bernhardt. He is a way of the astral self monk. Fun fact for him for the week is that he carries around an hourglass to remind himself of his journey as to extend his lifespan because the Garuda live an average of 25 years. Hi. My name is Jackson Childs, and I'm playing a character who will be revealed in episode 1. Previously, I had played Finwick Fizzlebottom, a rogue assassin fighter who had joined the Emerald Order to help mend his relationship with the Ferryman Guild. Today's trivia fact about Finwick was that he had originally met the Emerald Order in a different disguise, a dwarven wildlife conservative named Obar. Hey everybody, my name's Coleman, and I've got a character who's actually yet to be revealed. If you listen to the first episode, which you should, you'll know who it is. Until this point, I played Lodgavek, a hobgoblin, rogue, and blood hunter who has decided to part ways with the party to pursue the revival of his fallen guild, the Tenestari. They were a once-renowned guild of monster hunters who harnessed the ancient magic of Hemocraft. Hopefully we'll hear more from him in the future. I'm Addison Bell, and I play Clucian Trailbreaker. I am a Swarmkeeper Ranger and a Wood Elf. Uh, fun fact about Clucian this week is that his <clears throat> former bow that he used, the Twilight Oath, that name is a tie back to what gave him his Swarmkeeper powers. And who knows, that may come up at a later date. Hi, uh, I'm Marshall Mendez, the Dungeon Master. Morgan calls me the Dungeon Daddy. I don't really have a, a great fact about myself, so I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the Lorekeeper... Um, who lives on Lorekeeper's Grove in Nerosa, uh, believes himself to be the last of his kind in Alfiel, the elephant people of my world. Whether or not that's true remains to be seen. Uh, however, he believes it to be the case and has this solemn feeling that once he's gone, the role will end. Okay, guys, are you ready to dive in? Oh yeah, very ready. Very, very ready. Yes. Fantastic. Let's start off, uh, as tradition here, with a recap of Act 2. Now, for those who are tuning in for the first time, um, like Coleman said, definitely go back and listen to the first kind of introductory episode where we'll go over more in-depth details about our characters, our appearances, um, some of the things that we've done, and I will read the full five-minute recap of Act 1 and 2. For now, with Act 2. After the Emerald Order left Varn's hidden cave at the end of Act 1 with Quill's solemn vow to save his parents and his people, they witnessed what appeared to be a celestial object between the twin moons of Ganesi, casting a cerise glow upon them. As the moons began to darken into a deeper red color, you recognize this as the second piece of the prophecy, the Blood Moon. 
Shortly after it began, malevolence spread rampant throughout the Green Sea, preying on deeply negative emotions and transforming the more corrupt denizens of the world into what is now known as an Orakora. He sought Vilimir for answers and aid, arriving at the Isle of Karth, where he reconnected with Dara, who had been laying the structures for a new settlement for the resistance fighters of the Roost. Before laying siege, you sought to find the sigil of the Garuda in the lost city of Niz, hoping that you could use its mysterious power to bring the Gruden slavers to heal and usher in a new era of peace, without force and bloodshed. Instead, the sigil slipped through your grasp, and Quill was locked into combat with an Oracora known as Trelandriel. When the dust settled on their awesome and terrible duel, Quill lay broken beneath the rubble next to the corpse of his now malevolent free mother, Sylvia. The group bid farewell to Fallow, uh, one of the founding members of the Emerald Order, and returned, limping but alive, to Karth. Two top, or twenty days, passed, and the siege of Slaver's Roost came upon you. Gathering all the favors Vilimir could cash in, you assaulted the Roost with dozens of ships, many dwarven mercenaries in their own flying ships, and hundreds of foot soldiers composed primarily of freed slaves. You sought to kill Eldriagos, the third Archon of Amira, and entered into his realm, the Zugas, to find him. You barely survived the battle that ensued. Upon his death, you purified much of the surrounding area. Garudan slavers who had previously held spears dropped them as their minds returned, falling to their knees in horror at what they'd done. Iki was given the sigil to lead his people until such a day that Quill returned. Dara became a cleric of the now-purified god of nature and arcana, Naramis. The battleborn mercenaries supplied you with their largely broken and, and let's be honest, scrap metal <laughs> that were the Stratus Falcons. Finally, uh, after some time spent back on Karth, you arrived in Malacca, the capital of the Nerosa, the largest island of the Green Sea, seeking aid from the Lore Keeper. However, when you turned back to see if Gavik had stepped through this portal, you noticed that he had remained behind. And shortly after, Finn revealed that he was going home to the Ferrymen, a mysterious guild of assassins who try to do good in this world. You currently stand outside of the Red Rose Tavern, beautiful white and gray cobblestone streets, large whitewashed buildings with blue roofs, and a sea of people surround you as you watch Finn's small form get smaller and swallowed in the crowd. So it looks like he's gone. Seems so. Betting back to his people. And I think that is good. Well, maybe one day we'll get to see the guy again. I can understand his plight wanting to get back to where he belongs. Where do we take things from here? What do you suggest, Dara? What would be the, the best course of action? I think that SDL had the right idea. We should consult with the Lorekeeper. Where is this Lorekeeper? Um, DM, we're close to the center of the city, yes? Correct. Um, the district that you are in currently is close to the center, more to the east, uh, closer to the dockside, but it's not a far walk to the center of the city. Well, it looks out towards the docks. They normally run a ferry between here and the Lord Keeper's Grove. Um, Timeline-wise, I'm not sure how often they do, but that's how I got over there in the past. Very good. Then we should take the uh, path that Suits us to our best option. If everyone is ready to meet this lore keeper, I'm certainly ready to. I can't think of anything else that I would want to do inside the city. As uh, so far, we've already had a few drinks the last few nights. And, well, maybe day drinking wouldn't be such a good idea. Lucian, did you get to tell Jenny goodbye? Yeah, yes, of, of course. <laughs> we, we had our parting words before we... Uh... 
before we left Slaver's Roost. He's going to pat you on the back and just <laughs> <laughs> quill. He's going to pat you on the back and like just kind of turn over and look and say, I am proud of you. He's just going to like look at you like, like you're like eight years old. Like, why are you proud of me? <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> we mature differently. We've talked about this three or four times. Fair. It's just so hard to wrap my mind around. <laughs> Anyways, uh, before we set off, this uh, Lord Keeper, STL, you said that you met with them in a in a past reality or life that didn't go well, right? We're surrounded by tons of people, right? So you're standing kind of uh, out of this cellar hatch outside the Red Rose Tavern, uh, off in an alley just a little bit. You're not directly surrounded by people at the moment. Uh, the nearest people are probably like 30, 40 feet away, but there are there is quite a sea of people all around you. Well, seeing how we're kind of conspicuous right now, uh, this conversation is probably best in more quiet locale. Because um, depending on the outcome, it could turn ugly. It doesn't have to be anything in depth. I, and I fully support us going to see the lore maker or the lore keeper. I just would uh, err us to maybe not follow in exactly the same footsteps as we did before. Or as you did before, if it didn't go well. We will just something be, to keep in mind. We will be presented with a decision to make. And depending on that decision, we may gain the ire of some very powerful beings. Or not. This is nothing is as it was. Very true. So, should we set off? Yeah. Do you think we should take the ferry? That'd be the correct approach to get to the, the grove. Okay. Let's go ask someone for the times. And I lead them back down to the docks and uh, with SDL's guidance. Um... And the smell is kind of a dead giveaway as well. Uh, but with SDL's guidance, you make it toward the Dockside District. Uh, you're passing many different open-air shops, kind of like an outdoor market. And some of them, of course, have like larger buildings. Um, but due to the, the kind of cooler air, instead of the intense heat that normally surrounds this area as winter kind of approaches, even here, while there may not be snowfall or freezing temperatures, the people here like to celebrate winter with uh, open air markets and boy does it stink <laughs> you make your way to the the docks uh and you do find a few porters and uh dock hands who are kind of walking around and directing people to the different ships and ferries um i'd say if you'd like to find one who can help you learn more about the lore keepers ferry uh someone could make a perception check i can make it since i'm kind of I can do a perception check. <laughs> Morgan pointing at herself as she's eating. <laughs> you, you can both do it if you'd like. Actually, could someone else? Um, my app just crashed. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'll just roll with advantage. <laughs> yeah, roll with advantage. Dara just like starts looking around, and then their whole body just freezes, and it's like rebooting, rebooting. So, so with advantage, I rolled a two and a one. Oh no. <laughs> That's five, so was that seven? All right. Okay. So with the seven, it takes you a little bit longer than it would have otherwise. You you kind of get a few false leads. Uh you find the nearest porter and ask him, and he's actually 
getting ready to to take a shipment back to Pesh, the island that sits kind of between Nerosa and the um, southeastern tip of Torvala. He doesn't know. He just, he's not from around the parts or anything. Uh, you ask a couple more people, and finally they direct you to a smaller area of the docks on the northeastern side of the city. And there you can see about three ferries. One of them currently is saying, uh, the, the kind of porter outside of it is saying that it'll depart in about an hour. One says that it'll depart in three hours, and one says it's leaving in five minutes. Well, may as well see if we can get on the one that's departing in five minutes. Yep, we can make we it. We're ready. So, before okay. we get on the boat, <laughs> I imagine we all kind of go on in like a line, and uh, Quill's just gonna—he's gonna stop SDL and be like, "I hate to break it to you, but..." I don't think that we'll be able to have another duel on this ship, as <laughs> I believe that we would um, certainly destroy it. Probably smart, and that brings up a good point. Uh, fighting and violence in general, very, very frowned upon within the Grove. Mm. The sacred That's certainly good information for people with our temperament. <laughs> Is it a sacred uh, space, SDL? Uh, of sorts. Um, I don't know what deity resides in the domain, but sure. hey. would it be religion or knowledge? For this, well, it's funny because it's a bit of both. Um, a bit of both? I'll say you could do either. You've been there before. But for those who don't know, uh, while he's getting this ready, um, we have placed in five or six new skills to our game. And uh, knowledge is one of them. We'll, we'll touch on the others as we go. 24. 24. Uh, yeah, you know that the Lorekeeper is a directly ordained position by Iotan, the god of knowledge himself. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? And it is a very deeply spiritual place where any form of violence or bloodshed is very frowned upon. I regurgitate to the group. Also a point of uh, order here, the ship... I say loosely that you are getting onto is is maybe uh, have you ever been to like Disneyland in Anaheim or or wherever else they have Disneyland and uh, there's that little ride that goes out over the hippos on the water and it seats like maybe twenty people max or something like that that's about the size of the ship that you're on right now <laughs> same vibes it's got a covered top and then just benches uh, then a rudder at the end and the guy that that so is. Like Jungle Cruise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Jungle Cruise. Definitely a river yeah. boat. the one. Wait, um, so does the guy who runs the runs the little ferry, does he make stupid little dad jokes and stuff? Uh, he he yeah, will, It's actually yes. Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, so I'll say, uh, as you're getting on to the ship, Coleman, make a perception check. He wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I saw his head turn. <laughs> I would like to say that I would be the last one getting on the boat because I want to look back and make sure that Gavik isn't actually catching up. Um, sure. With a plus sure. zero, uh, 17. 17. <clears throat> okay, I'll, I'll get that in just a second. Clution, as you are getting on the ship, you look back, you do not see Gavik. In fact, you don't really see... It's, it's difficult to say. There, there is such a hodgepodge of different cultural identities here that you're looking out into a sea of people, of human, elven, 
Koyin, Garudin, you've got Tortles, you've got a few goblins of various colors. It's just a very big cultural melting pot. However, you do not see Gaffic. Coleman, as they're all getting on the, the boat, you are sitting toward the front. You feel the boat kind of rock back and forth as the new steps are gathering on. You can hear the kind of light talking, and you turn back and you see them. Holy shit! I knew I chose the right boat! Uh, you're the Emerald Order, right? That yeah. is us. Excellent. Good, good, good. You people are very quick, hard to find. Can I just say that right now? Yeah, you live up to your name. Well, our reputation does not precede that of stealth, but of power and revolutionizing civilizations. <laughs> well, uh, what brings you here to find us? He kind of, he's half turned around sitting on the boat at this point. He slaps the railing as he gets up, and he stands up, and you see, uh, as he kind of rocks the boat while standing up, um, a tiefling with gray and red skin, uh, jet white hair, um, who, once he stands up completely, is all of six foot four before his horns, and so he's kind of approaching the top of the canopy there. Um, he appears to be middle-aged, maybe in his mid-50s, uh, you come to the look of it. His horns are unique because they come up to the side of his head. They kind of go out before curling back forward and reconnecting on his forehead, essentially creating a ring. <laughs> um, he also... Uh, very well-built, very muscular-looking guy. Like, he's not one to be messed with. Um, he's almost got one of those strongman type of body types, uh, except not near as crazy as, like, The Mountain or Eddie Hall or anything like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he's got this very ornate-looking armor. It looks very well-crafted with carvings and embossings, and it's almost got a hint of blue to it and a little collar of gray and black fur around the cuff. He's wearing like a light blue, almost aqua gambeson and a pair of black pants uh, and falds that match the, the, his, his chest plate. Um, his sleeves and uh, pant legs are rolled up, so he's basically in shorts and short sleeves. Um, one of his most features that you noticed almost immediately is that the entire upper right side of his face including his right horn, is made of a black, almost crystalline material. And it's got like a soft red inner glow in it. And you see his right eye is essentially completely black with a red iris and a white vertical pupil. Um, you see his right arm as well, up to the sleeve, is also made of this black obsidian crystalline material and it has this soft glow. Uh, you're making your way down the look. Um, he's got a thick white mustache, but an otherwise perfectly shaven face. And uh, you see he's got a large black greatsword that he's got sitting at his side. That's The blade is entirely wrapped, so you can't see the blade, but you notice it's a very intricate, interesting-looking greatsword. And, you know, you're looking him down, you see he's got a tail that about three-quarters of the way down splits into two tails. And where you would expect bare feet to be are a pair of gray-black cloven hooves. 
and he stands up and he approaches who's up front probably myself he walks up and he says you're the angel man i uh i i can't quite place the name but i listen i i'm a big fan really um <laughs> I, I i don't i really don't know what else to say i'll stop um, you there sure I'll... yes i'm not anymore no you aren't some things have happened well but i appreciate the flattery nonetheless fuck um anyway he pats you on the shoulder uh listen i'm sure this is weird for all of you um needless to say this is probably an awkward if not uncomfortable greeting from a interesting stranger but uh listen i've sought you out essentially um i've recently had a change in my living circumstances and i've sought out a pilgrimage to by my god to essentially travel the world seeking great battles and maybe if i can die a beautiful death in combat and i heard of a siege on a certain slaving operation just down the waterway and took part in it uh come to find out that you were in charge and i saw the masterful plan you all devised and just took part in the battle tried to find you but uh you guys apparently fucked off back to karth uh wrangled up one of those uh flying majigs and then you guys took a portal uh found a a bird man similar looking to you sir uh bernhardt right that is correct the surname is bernhardt and uh well, the name that I was given upon birth is Quill. Ah, Lord Quill Bernhardt, it is a pleasure to meet you. And he reaches out a long, meaty... Actually, it's his, uh, his right hand, which is crystalline. He reaches it out to shake your hand. Well, Quill reaches out his right hand as well. And uh, you see his little uh, white feathers and everything and uh, grabs your hand as well. You are a tough guy, aren't you? can feel that grip yeah and it literally feels like a rocks essentially you're, you're feeling yeah. stone essentially he says oh Eesh. to to say the least myself um listen as i said i was on a pilgrimage i heard of you um i'm actually on my way was on my way to uh, venubia to take part in a fighting tournament as what my god requested of me but i saw what you were capable of i saw potential and i thought why not have these people join me? If they wanted, maybe they can try out to be a part of my crew. <laughs> Seeing as I'm kind of running solo at the moment. He kind of um, just like, boastfully kind of just shakes his head. Like, side check. Funny, like, like that was a funny joke. <laughs> yeah, inside uh, check. <laughs> uh, DM, I was going to ask, do I see any hint of malevolence from their form? <laughs> uh, you do not detect any malevolence on him. This guy's standing here, and he's just kind of got this big, goofy grin, like, uh, almost starstruck to see you guys. And he's just, like, excited to have guessed the right ship at the right time. And he's just like, what a coincidence. Now, out of curiosity, what are some of the other stories that you've heard about the Emerald Order in the past? Anything that uh, you could say takes your interest even more than... The assault on Slaver's Roost. Stares at the ground just for a brief second. And he says, I know you are 
a group with powerful connections. The Lord Villamere, and of course, the Pirate Queen of Stalbrook. Uh, I thought that might be an appropriate, uh, what's the word? What is the word? Anyway, whatever, don't mind that. Uh, you're very prestigious. You took down the roost. I've heard of other small things here and there about dragons and angels. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Uh, I just thought you guys find yourself in a position to put yourself in front of many possibilities for great battles. And as I said, I'm on a religious pilgrimage at the moment. So I almost feel like you on two would be squeezed. For me to at least make acquaintance with you. Will's going to try to like huddle with the group for a second. He kind of looks at you with uh, one finger up uh, like this. And he's just kind of mouths. Just one moment. He just turns around sure. and kind of like huddles <laughs> with the group. And Absolutely. He says, sure. I know of a way to, to know whether or not he can be trusted. I'm going to ask him a question. Depending on the answer, we will know whether or not he is something of a, not necessarily a malevolent creature, but perhaps somebody that might not be on our side. And he turns around and he looks dead in your eyes and asks, so where do you use the bathroom? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Oh, face yeah. of the, the audience wouldn't know anything about this, but Will has, uh, <laughs> he comes from a distant land where they don't use bathrooms, so uh, he likes to defecate in bushes. Yep. Um, the good old Birdman. Yeah. We haven't bush trained him yet. I, I would like to say that uh, probably the average latrine, or if I'm on the road, a, a, a bush or a tree, I, I don't we know. We can trust him. We can totally trust him completely <laughs> with everything. All right, you got a uh, 21 on your insight, you said? Yes, I did get a 21 okay. on the sword. What specifically about the sword are you... I'm inside? trying to determine if I've ever seen one like it before from a culture that I may have came across in my past. Okay. I'm going to say make a knowledge check. Actually, don't make a knowledge check. Make a history oh, check you... because this is... Oh, this it is was a nat old, 20. Old. I already oh. rolled it. It was a nat 20. I already Never rolled mind. knowledge. Never mind. We'll, we'll keep it. So that's like, what, a 27? 28? It's a 27. <laughs> you remember the style of, of armory. So you know that the time of eradication was exactly 352 years ago because it sparked the beginning of the Third Era once it ended. This predates the Third Era entirely, and you know it to be of orcish make. Thank you. All right. Specifically coming from the archipelago that the orcs call home far to the east of the Green Sea. I don't know how to spell archipelago, so we'll just go with that, <laughs> and that's how we go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I will turn to our new friend and say, so you know all of our names, but we don't know yours, unless I missed that. Uh, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. I forgot to give it. Uh, that's... <laughs> Sorry, again, I'm a little scatterbrained at the moment. Um, my name is Orofarne, which, as a, as a side note, uh, to those of you that speak Elvish, is Elvish for Mountain Ash. Um, O-R-O-F, 
A-R-N-E. SDL would have definitely made a comment about that because he does speak Elvish. What's the comment? I will be listening. Very, very powerful name. He says in Elvish. In a little bit of a not quite accent that you would probably understand. In Elvish, he says, oh, Thank you. When you're as big as a mountain and you have skin the color of dust, it, uh, I'd say it fits. He flexes his right, his right <laughs> arm, which even, even, even through his quilted gambeson, like you tell this guy's got fucking 22s under there. Like, yeah. I'm just going to look at Clucian and go. Mm. <laughs> I so like is... him already. <laughs> Quick question outside of character. So is yeah. his stone part of his face expressive? Uh, yeah, it moves like he he blinks his eyes and uh, he has full motion and movement of his stone arm, uh, obsidian arm and fingers, but it is made of a stone material, like a obsidian. Well, I have somebody write in and be like, um, actually, obsidian is more akin to glass <laughs> than stone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As he moves, well, it just cracks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's volcanic glass, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be more colorful with the words than volcanic glass and obsidian the whole time, you know, so. Uh, glass. Yeah, it's, it's volcanic glass, obsidian, yeah. So, is there anybody are... else? Go ahead. I was just going to ask if there's anybody else on the ferry with us. Yes, there are a few people. There's about six other people. Um, a couple of humans, one elf, and what appear to be three goblins. One that is red, one that is green, and another that is green but with like black kind of streaks across its face. The um, ferryman, the, the uh, lead on this ship, is kind of like ushering in the last couple and closing the door, and he's like looking over... Uh, he seems to be human with like sandy blonde short hair and he's got this like uh, crocodile dundee cap on and just like a leather vest over a white tunic and he gets on and he's like all right folks is it everybody in make sure you take your seats and get safe uh we'll be, be bound for this uh lord keeper's grove soon kind of like looks around at all of you i put my hand oh. up and i wave like oh sorry <laughs> and he just, he just sits points down. down at the seats <laughs> he's like you're welcome <laughs> to keep talking we see him like go to the back of the boat kind of toward where the rudder is and you see him pull out this like strange dark azure blue kind of crystal um that looks to be set inside of some small round spherical apparatus and he sets that down next to the rudder in this little slot and you hear this tiny click and water begins to shoot out from it kind of pushing the boat forward propelling it and he kind of grabs the rudder and he just starts kind of just talking about the history of Wallaka and the surrounding area. And I did have one more question for our new friend. You mentioned something about uh, your god. Um, just out of curiosity, not pushing any boundaries, who is the god that you worship? And if you look on the left, there's a... Uh... <laughs> you just tune him out. <laughs> I think he was worshipping you on too. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, uh, you, some of you non-Elvish would uh, probably know him as Greel, the Dawnbringer. Um, Yuantu is is my patron father. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm I'm glad to know that I'm well. I'm from the Levine Tropics, where there are quite a many elves, and they did worship many different deities. But 
that's a conversation for another time. I'd be happy to talk about him anytime, of course. I mean, it, it appears that at least uh, you are open to more conversations. Uh, I'm meeting up with you and, again, wanting to see if any of you wanted to try out to be a part of my new crew. Uh, <laughs> but, it, it, okay. Um, uh, we have an established gets... title. <laughs> he he kind of gets... Would be... <laughs> He's talking himself up a little bit and then sees that Dara and STL inclusion are like not having it. And he just kind of quiets down a little bit. <laughs> Dude, Quill will talk to you the whole fucking way. Yeah. He just hears snippets from the background of the of the dude and he's like uh, in the year of uh the era of beginning, uh eighty nine, um humans sought to control this land as an outpost uh, for Torvola and the uh, Alfiel had kind of already moved in and, and, it, and it just like fades away again as you keep talking <laughs> Lucian leans in close to Dara and he's like there's not elves that look like that here right? No not that I'm Kay. aware of I need to speak with you <laughs> can you come with me to the edge of the boat? <laughs> Did I yes, hear definitely. that? <laughs> um, what's your passive perception? Ten. It's Coleman, so it's probably no. the same thing. Oh my god, this is amazing! No. For, once, for once, Coleman did not hear everything that happened. Holy shit. He didn't read your lips. Oh my god. Gavik had the observant feet, guys. And uh, what a nightmare, but also what a joy yeah. that was. I would I imagine the just probably like, assumed that he's like, He's not, there's not elves that look like, actually like trying not to move his lips just to be safe. Is that a habit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't hear shit. Okay. Okay. So uh, Dara and right. Lucian, we're gonna... Yeah, let's, um, if you'll pardon us for just a second, I need to speak with my friend just for a moment. It's a free ship. <laughs> I just didn't want to be rude. SDL, you, you're free to join us. Uh, Quill, can you please give our new guest uh, well entertained in, and please... Share some great stories of what has just happened with us. <laughs> yes, of course. I will do such a thing always for new guests, especially some of those with the proclivities of using a bush instead of the savage way I just walk away. Privy. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys are getting up uh, again, you just hear the guide and he's like, Abandoned by the Torvalins, uh, the Alfield came back to serve the destitute people and rebuild the city into which it is today. And I, I, I said, I said, please remain seated for this ride. Uh, all right, nobody listens to me anyway. Uh, just go ahead and do what you want. He just like slowly <laughs> just quiets down and goes back to the rudder. <laughs> just very downcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do something. I'm I'm gonna use press the digitation to make sparks fly from the rudder. He like quickly lets go. He's like, "Oh, jeez, what's, what's going on?" Oh. He like grabs the little orb and is like inspecting it. Water's still shooting out of it, so he's like, Ugh! just gets like flung into the ship a bit. <laughs> Comes to kind of like a sputtering stop for a moment before he reattaches it and just keeps going. Oh my god, worth it. As All that right. happens, Dara, STL, and Kushin make a dexterity saving throw. Because <laughs> they weren't sitting. <laughs> I fucking told you. Ooh. <laughs> a six. I got an 18. 
18. Got, All right. I got an eight. <laughs> an eight. And Dara? Trying to find my decks. Uh, <laughs> a 10. <laughs> a 10. A 10 just does it. So, Dara, you almost go overboard. Clution reaches over and grabs you and kind of pulls you in. Oh SDL, as, as kind of Dara loses their balance, they kind of knock you into the water. <laughs> and the guide instantly runs to the front of the ship and he's like, Well, stay calm. Everybody stay calm. We don't want another accident. We don't need another accident, all right? Another? It, well, you see, Gosi's been around and um, it's difficult to... Uh, and he just like looks a bit sheepish and he's like, Look, all that matters is that we're all alive. Let's all work together. Extend a hand down to this fine young man. <laughs> and he's like leaning out a pole toward you to grab onto. And like, he you resists. see a couple of the other passengers, the goblins all look like completely bewildered and afraid at the mention of Gosi. And so he's like, oh, I got it, I got it. Uh, guys, we're going to do an ancient ritual to scare away Gosi. Are you ready? Uh, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to scare it away forever. We're going to say, uh, Gosi, I love you. I want a relationship. Oh, he turns back into the goblins and goes, all right, now they shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't hear from Gosi for about six months or so. So I think we're all right. <laughs> As they're doing that, I'm gonna cast Polymorph on myself. You all and, know. And do the uh, good old Megalodon. How much did we pay for this fairy? By the way, it it's free. free. It's a free. Oh, fairy. It's free. Her <laughs> terrorizing poor souls. It's he looks over at his. He looks over at his new friend. Uh, his beak just kind of like slowly looks over, and he says, "This is the best fairy that I've ever not paid for." I'm going to pay him when we get to shore because he deserves a tip. He must work for tips. I agree. Um, actually, some person uh that we knew before owes me a lot of money and so i'm strapped for cash you think maybe you could spare five silvers or a few uh, why don't you take me out to dinner first buddy and then we'll go from there so you now you're talking the uh the ferryman kind of like is holding the stick looking back still and he's just like actually uh, i don't work on tips so i get paid a fair wage from the unions and the guilds don't need to tip, but thank you. Turns back. Oh, jeez! Oh, what a progressive <laughs> nation. So it's just a megalodon just like holding next to the stick. And he's like, <laughs> he throws it in the water. God, poor man. Uh, he just goes straight back to the rudder, kicks the orb into high gear, and just zoom, zooms back forward. Heading north. Uh, would, would, would I be able to keep pace? Yeah, you can keep pace. As a, okay. as a shark, yeah. So are you um, still next to the boat? I'm next to the boat, yeah, but after, I don't know, five or ten minutes, they would uh, jump out and try to land back on the boat as a normal human dropping the spell. Sure. I was going to say, you're sure. just going to like drop yeah. into the boat as a shark <laughs> and turn back into yourself. <laughs> Sinking the ship. You see, <laughs> you see the, the shark form of STL just breach over the water and then back into human STL and tries to land on the boat. Give me another dexterity. Much better, 21. Okay, yeah, really easy. You kind of do that hero pose as you land. You're like, yeah. You look around, the goblins are just like, wow, he's that was clapping. so cool. <laughs> or Afana is just clapping again. He's just bewildered. He's like, and I, I'll, I'll say I probably landed next to Orofana, not next to <laughs> the other two. Right. Oh, sure. That was truly fantastic. <laughs> I, wow. <laughs> My magic can't do that. 
I will just look at STL inclusion and be like, it's okay. We can talk later. Let's go sit down. This poor man's <laughs> suffered enough. Very well. <clears throat> just go back and sit down then. You, um, uh, yeah. I was just going to say to Oral Forney, um, my name's STL. Yeah. I know you couldn't remember that, so. Yes, STL. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. And as far as the whole, uh, Angel boy, you'll probably get uh, some insight on that in the grove. Oh, fantastic. Okay. The boat speeds north. Uh, and as it does, you see the form of the large Lorekeeper's Grove Island up ahead grow larger and larger. Uh, this island is <clears throat> only about three or four miles wide, uh, by your best guess, and it's completely covered in trees. There's a small dock at the southernmost tip of the island, and as the ferry begins to slow down and pull next to it, um, the ferryman kind of takes a step back and uh, grabs this like hooked rod and like hooks over toward the the dock, pulls the ship in, takes a rope and kind of ties it off, and he says, uh, "Next ferry will be here in about an hour. I'm heading back. After all of you uh, get off, enjoy your stay at the Lawkeeper. If you say hi, say hi for me." But Jameer Kwai, really appreciate that. He's like, stay safe. He looks at all of you, especially the Emerald Order, and says, uh, And also, uh, just make sure you check in your weapons before you enter the temple, else we'll probably be apprehended and uh, taken away. Of course, of course. He smiles, he's like, what? <laughs> what about my walking cane? Would you really part me from it? Yeah. I am a cripple, after all. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, um, no, uh, so so the acolytes will uh, determine if it's a weapon or not, depending on their own criteria. Uh, seeing as you seem to have some companions, they might just say to leave the stick behind and lean on them, quite literally. He's like nodding and smiling as he says it, like, not demeaning, but just like overly friendly. <laughs> I understand and respect the rules of this city. Orfane walks up and gives him a double tap, like with his hands on the man's shoulders, and he says, That was an excellent boat ride. If I wasn't here bickering, balking with my new friends, I would have really enjoyed listening to your spiel more about the history of the place. And I hand him five silver. See him just like this super devilish grin across his face, like this most mischievous, like childlike, shit eating grin. Actually, I'm not supposed to take tips, but uh, if you are insisting... Um, and he kind of like opens this little pouch on his belt, and he's like, Technically, I didn't take it if you drop it in. <laughs> um, I, I would like to make an insight check real quick. <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> he's actually just a polymorphed um, Abolesh, Just <laughs> uh -huh. um, My insight was ten. Ten. He just seems like a really friendly dude. Uh, Jamiroquai the ferryman, just the sweetest guy. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, listen, um, I know you can't take tips, but uh, just say this, and I throw it into the boat, just kind of watching, and I say, I must have lost some change in there. Hmm? Immediately, the he like... goblins get it. <laughs> Immediately, he puts like two hands to his face and mocks surprise. He's like, oh no, somebody dropped some coins. He's like glancing around and then he just like laughingly picks him up and puts him in his pocket. And one of the goblins turns around and he's like, Excuse you, sir, that was very rude. 
me. You just pelted him with like three coins in the face. No, 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 no. About the goblin comment. He's just like, excuse you. <laughs> oh, to me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he turns around, not not disgusted or anything. He's just, he just kind of turns around like they kind of give him the heebie-jeebies and he just sort of shakes his shoulders like sort of creeped out and then just turns away. <laughs> goblin just walks off. He's like, man. Before you lies a uh, large winding dirt path that seems to like wind its way up this large hill. And in the distance beyond the trees, poking a little bit above, you can see what appears to be a large stone pyramid. The, the top of it is not triangular as, as us real world people might expect. It's more of a flat surface up top with almost a gazebo that sits above it. As we're walking, uh, Dara, you said you wanted to speak. Yes. Who's around us? Us. Plus goblins okay. and elf. Okay. STL. Um, so I recognized the weapon that Orif, Farn, Farn, Orif, Farn, I think his name is Uno. <laughs> what? I think his name is Uno. <laughs> <laughs> We can't make up nicknames just yet. We don't. We're not that personal with inclusion. We don't know if he knows our name. There's no reason for us to know his. Are you? Are you in the tree above us? Oh my god! Send the message. <laughs> this is not, in fact, a forest. <laughs> this is, in fact, a small forest. Yes, <laughs> that's where he is. There you go. Small Please. win. Small win All for the ranger. All right. Well, if you both can hear, I recognize where the sword um, was from and it was quite interesting <laughs> because it predates the third era there was not very many tomes that I read that spoke of the time before the era but it certainly looks fancy yes it's a orcish design interesting and it's very cool I just wanted to share that but I didn't want to make our friend feel like I was investigating him before we've got to know him so X my well, message and sends the collusion. I think it's <laughs> well, safe I to say that it's not uh, out of ill intent because he did the same about us. Yes. I would I have definitely it... stayed with you since, you know, okay. we're going to talk or whatever. Okay. I just thought Sorry, it was Sorry, I should have mentioned I was running ahead. It's okay. I thought it was <laughs> funny. That's why I decided to play it that way. But yes, it was really cool. That's all I wanted to share for now. I don't know how I feel about this guy, to be honest with you. It seems like it's like orcish sword, elvish name and words, but he's not like, I don't know. Can Quill yeah. hear Clution say this? If he's around. Like if he's near them, yeah. Perhaps. I mean, he may not be in the conversation exactly between SDL and Dara there, but I, I was just going to mention uh, also the fact that he didn't seem to know many of our other adventures either. He seemed to know mostly about Slaver's Roost, and apparently that he was there. However, it came to my attention that he didn't know so much about uh, any of the other famous doings that we have completed in the past. Right. And you seem to be the only name he actually knew as well. Right. It makes me wonder if this is some slaver's plot at revenge. Dara, make an insight check. Okay. It was a 11. Okay, that'll do it. 
Dara, this is 100% the person that you saw going over one of the Stratus Falcons on the beach when you were leaving Slaver's Roost with SCL. Oh, okay. I will relay that to us all that can hear. Other than, of course, our new friend. You remembered seeing the ashen slash slightly reddish skinned uh, person with seemingly obsidian black pieces on their body that was picking through some of the wreckage. I wrote that down and I didn't know, I didn't put those two together. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a man who gave me this, the stratus board. So, yep, that is cool. Oh, I'm very happy. So yes, so very did... familiar. You've probably heard all of that. Yeah, probably. Was he trying to keep up with us? Were you? Um, I figured I was talking to Quill still. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> yeah, so you definitely heard that last end of the conversation. <laughs> that, that she, my Garuda uh... senses are tingling. I must go listen to my allies. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, but when you get back, I want to hear more about uh, how you defeated the third Archon. Just you. That's uh, quite a feat. <laughs> quite a feat. <laughs> Oh, oh great, now there are two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> well, yeah, he'll probably imagine. head back to him. That way you guys can keep talking and, uh, you know, have, yeah. he's a fan of ours, so I imagine he's kind of following us around like a lost puppy at the moment. I imagine you guys are also walking forward as you're conversing. Yeah. Um, Quietly, but yes. And like on the path ahead of you that winds coming into view, you can see a few elves that are kind of praying to this small statue on the side of the road. And a little bit farther, uh, you see like an alms basket and a couple of people who are like laying brokenly on a blanket with uh, misshapen limbs that have been healed but not correctly set. This place seems to be a refuge for the the broken and also a very sacred site of worship for those who come here. And like looking around, you get the sense that the people who come here do so either as part of a pilgrimage or to seek favor with the being that runs this island. It's the god of knowledge, right? I forget his name. Okay. Iotin. Iotin. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just going to very discreetly... Uh, do people... Uh, yeah, I'm going to very discreetly just uh, wrestle my my sleeve a little bit on my left hand side and I'm just going to cast a second level healing uh, word at a couple I see within range. What's the word? What are you saying? He just goes let's be and just keeps walking. Do I clock it? Do I have to do a flight of hand check? Let's say if you try to hide it then it would be yeah, contested. Okay. Um... That's eight hit points, by the way, to uh, that many of them. Uh, Twelve is my sleight of hand. That's a fifteen. I uh, note it, but don't say nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, are the sights in the grove similar to that of uh, Seal's first journey here? They are, yes. Um, much of this pathway is entirely as you remember it from before. Yeah, and... Before we go in, um, there's, there's a very large likelihood that we were going to be presented with a question. And the question will be to help either the new gods or the old gods. 
depending on the answer, we may have to get out of here quickly. Now, that's what happened when I was here. Not necessarily what will happen when we go in. What did you say last time? We decided to help the old gods reclaim their power. And just to delve a bit deeper into this, why was the decision the old gods instead of the new? They, the group as a whole, believed that the betrayers didn't deserve the seat they took. Now, with our recent events, I am of the opinion that it doesn't matter if you're Akai, Durakai, Betrayer, Lesser, Greater. We need everybody. Mm. I think we try to uh, not be asked that question. It doesn't seem like there's a right answer to that at all. Will they expect us to answer the question as a group or as individuals? Uh, DM, remind me. It was as a group before, wasn't it? Yes, it was yeah. as a group. That's what I thought. It's not necessarily like an interrogation so much as just what SDL remembers is meeting with the lore keeper and didn't even have to make a choice, I think, until you went into that room. Yeah. The weather look like so the weather today <clears throat> didn't you say it was raining it is it's raining oh. less so here um very very lightly with intermittent sunshine kind of coming and going as the clouds pass anyway i just wanted you to be prepared with that in mind it may not come up at all i don't know but if it does what is our answer that's a good question ask our new it doesn't even have to be the truth if we can deceive them. Not that I want to do anything malevolent here, but um, you're, you said that they a attacked you upon saying that you would be on the side of the old gods, so maybe we should just say the new. But that could be unwise. Again. You have to keep in mind, you're standing on sacred ground blessed by Iotan themselves. They may have been attacked because it's not what one of them actually believed. I still think it's in our best interest to try to avoid the question entirely. Yes. Whatever this room yes. is, or whatever prompted this, maybe we just avoid that entirely. Not a well, not helpful. Talk to him for go ahead, aid go. or whatever, but not whatever prompted this question. Because it doesn't sound like it was like a hi. I'm the lore keeper. Which gods do you believe in? It was more right. we were trying to find <laughs> the gods. We were trying to find the gods, and that is the t question that prompted. And actually, same, the same. Why are you here now, then? The that same question. We uh, to escape the gods' wrath. I was thrown through a portal through time and space into a different reality. Like I said, it's messy. He just looks at you kind of somberly, like recognition. We should avoid and ask open questions. Open-ended questions. Safe questions. As a group. If we seek information, that's probably where the path is going to lead. And not selfishly. We are dealing with the lore keeper. I'm assuming I would like to make a history check, Marshall. On what? On the lore keeper. What about him specifically? His behavior and mannerisms. From what sure. I've read or heard. Yeah, you could, do, you could do a history check on that. Being as it's not really a re religious figure. 
It'd be like if the Pope was a librarian. <laughs> yeah. Rather than like 17. a Pope. <laughs> 17. You have heard that the lore keeper is a very large, like abnormally large Alfiel elephant man with a kind of calm disposition that belies at times the urgency of the messages that he sends off with people. Who be what? He, he, it belies, like, belies, like his cool manner and tone belie kind of the urgency of what he says. Okay. To be mindful of what he says, despite his tone. I'll share right. that with the group. All of it? Yeah, all of it. That's very, very valuable information. Bushnet totally forgot that he was an elephant person. He becomes very nervous. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right. I'll turn you up there, and he, and he points toward the, the temple. Um, I don't know. I look toward our new friend. I don't know if you're in the uh, habit of fighting weapons, but best to lay all bare. That's uh, fair enough. I've got a couple stowed away, but I'm not going to toy with the powers that be today. <laughs> and we head on up yeah ahead of you you see the large base of the stone temple um, very much uh, for those of you like me with aphantasia <laughs> uh, very much a kind of Mayan design stone temple um, large sloping staircases and kind of smoother sides uh, making it so like the only real way up this pyramid is if you go up the central staircase it seems to rise about 40 feet or so before tapering off to a large stone door. And then above that, the small, like, flat stone and then the gazebo up above that. You see beggars on the steps. You see people just resting. You see people writing. And as you kind of start climbing, you see what appears to be a something that I don't think any of you have seen before. A large gorilla-like person uh they have uh well actually uh jackson would you like to describe your character absolutely wearing very loose fitting clothing almost uh toga in design a uh deep green almost like mossy color very dark very rich um he's currently sitting cross-legged uh what a book in one hand and a pomegranate in the other just slowly eating away However, in his hands, look, uh, the pomegranate looks incredibly small. But yeah, at the moment, he's just looking at the book and absentmindedly eating it and just pondering. Yeah. For reference, this is a, a uh, if he stood kind of bipedal right now, he'd be like six foot eight, I think, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Very large, I think you said black furred gorilla with white black spots. With, uh, yeah, with white patches. Um, it's hard to tell through the clothing, but um, if he, he's like leaning or like showing up parts where there are like, gaps within his clothing, uh, you can see parts of white within it. You get the feeling that something is happening. You feel this kind of disturbance around you. And you can see this group of people kind of chatting as they walk through the forest and they look a bit different than the normal people who come here. Do I recognize them? You do not. However, 
Something about them feels very curious. Uh, it's at that moment that he kind of closes his book and kind of stands up, uh, both fourth legs on the ground. It kind of starts like hobbling over towards uh, this group. Uh, hello, can I, uh, what are you guys doing here? Came to seek an audience with the lore keeper. You too. What's hmm. your name, friend? Zhao Jinhai. Can you spell that? Z-O-U-J-I-N-H-A-I. Zhao Jinhai. If it makes you feel comfortable, please call me Jin. Zhao Jin, yeah. hello to you too, friend. My name's Oro Farne. Nice oh, to meet pleasure. you. Nice to meet you too. And as he reaches out and clasps, clasps <laughs> your hand, your entire hand is enveloped in his palm. He's a big dude. You yeah. are a large motherfucker. And I will say, I don't know if you were here <laughs> for my character description. Um, I'll just shoot a picture of the mini in the chat for you. But um, you grasped a hand that is made completely of black obsidian. Tall horns. 6'5", not near your size, though. So, Well, a point of order is that when he is quadrupedal form, he is about 5 feet tall. Oh. Because he's, yeah. like, leaning forward, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. But is when he, he stands, holy shit. Yes, I'm sorry. I am. All right. I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Five foot. You're a bit of a little oh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And looking at his face, it it seems a little hot, almost a little young. Uh, eyes are a brilliant blue. Uh, and as he's kind of like holding your hand, he's kind of like, I've never seen something like this before. And as he as he's doing that, you actually see his like nostrils like like flare up uh, as he takes a sniff of you, something he's never seen before. I rolled perception check to see if he smells like anything. Yeah, I love that. Um, I will go ahead and mention that these folk don't like to be looked in the eye from what I've heard. Are you making eye contact? <laughs> oh my god. Monkey man, he doesn't like being looked in the eye. He is from the Levine Tropics, so he might know something about a gorilla or two. You've definitely seen... You, you've seen uh, monkeys in the tropics. Um... I will say you haven't seen any any gorillas quite like this before, though. You've seen some monkeys that didn't have sentience down there. Um, so this is is very much a surprise. Yeah, I guess he would kind of assume that he wouldn't want like eye contact or something just based upon that information, since primates yeah. generally don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 21 for, for perception. What do you smell like, Orofarne? Not bad. A little bit like... He just has this very faint smell that probably only like a 20 would catch of kind of like must, maybe like a little bit like an old barn, but just just a little bit to the naked nose. It's not very much, but I, I thought you just got a little charcoal, little hint of that. No, sorry. Brimstone. sorry. I thought he was going to contest it and try to smell like less. <laughs> well, if you didn't get a twenty, yeah. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, I love yeah. that. Uh, as uh, eventually, he kind of realizes, like, oh, I've been shaking your hand for too long, and like pulls his hand away very quickly. So, I, I don't think you, you said you were meeting with the Lore Keeper, is that right? Yes, I. What about you? 
little man. And he, as he like faces his direction towards USDL. What? Excuse me? Were you about to say something? Oh, just that, yes, we are. Forgive me, I've just never seen anyone of your kind before. Oh, the mock? Oh, it's fine. Really good vi uh, visitors where I come from. Say, do I know you? Can I try rolling a knowledge check to see if his face is recognizable from any past events that's, that have occurred? Sure. Or perhaps the diversity of races within our group <laughs> to advocate for his chick. Yeah. Yeah. Literally no two same races. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Natural 20. Natural oh 20. Uh, yeah. If it has to do with before times, the mask is attached to my hip. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. I'll say you probably haven't seen his face before. But the figure and the mask at the hip evoke images of of uh, a time in Wallaka proper in the city about a year ago. Now, STL, you would not have any memory of this, um, as it would be a different version of you at that time. Right. And a lot of things were different in that timeline. Yeah. I will say uh, you probably would have seen him at a certain establishment in Wallaka, known as the Lich on Ice. Oh, well, now that sounds like a place to go. Yeah. He kind of just stares at you and, and just says, oh, I, I might be wrong. Uh, would you mind if I walked with you? Do we meet the, the Lord Keeper? Would that yes. be all right? Sure. Oh, whoa. And as as uh, you speak up, Dara, he comes shifts his focus to you, <laughs> and his his eyes just go like wide, like, oh my god, uh, I I I thought your kind was just gone. I and like he like almost almost like fanboying, like like quickly like comes over to you and like immediately grabs your hand without you even like pulling it out and just like double fisted like shaking it like you wow I've never seen like. Just stumbling his, stumbling his words over and over again. I, I, I thought you were, like, your kind were gone. No, uh, actually, there's quite many of us, and I just shake with the same like vigorous <laughs> handshake back, just excited to see your kind. Um, I don't know if I need to do a knowledge check if I've read about. Uh, Finn's character's species before. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, thank you. I was about to say I would like to, though. It would be fun. I'm going to lean over to Quill. <clears throat> I'm going to say, oh, that was good. Derek wasn't near as happy with meeting me in the boat. I, uh, did I do something wrong? Who wasn't nearly as happy? Uh, Eric? Is, isn't that his name? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> an, an ancient and, an ancient and weird name you know, like a that another stillborn are oh, uh, did, did I get the name did I get the, did I get the name wrong here's a uh, here's just a tip so for sorry. you he's kind of looking yeah. at you like you're like a yeah. new like in training boy at Best Buy or some shit he's the like, yeah yeah so um, just it, it, the the uh, the C and the H, those are silent. 
<laughs> I don't know Dara. how it's not, not Darak or Derek or Derek. I've never forgotten. Look, I understand. Yeah. I, I do I I honestly do understand <laughs> the trouble that it must be pronouncing people's names. I won't be able to pronounce your name very well, personally. No, um, it's, it's fine. So though. with your permission, uh, I also speak Elvish. Sure. And I understand uh, Mountain Ash, is it? Yeah. Well, just to keep things simple and short, with your permission, of course, um, may I call you Ash instead? As homage uh, to your name. Maybe. We'll see if we'll, uh, I stick around. And, we'll see know, if it we'll grows on we, you. We'll see if we get to be friends. I've never been called that before. Well, but if, that, if we ever find yeah. ourselves at a bar or something, I'll just, hey, Ash. But anyway. Coleman's sure. character went, nah, I'm good, bro. Nara, <laughs> um, what no. did you roll on your knowledge check? I wrote a 23. You have heard telling over the last few centuries of a species in the Imerazian jungles of Anubia that has slowly risen to sentience. They don't know why they've risen to sentience, and as such, they don't really worship any gods. But you know that their people, uh, just, just from passing and from what you've read, are a very curious-minded people who are sent out into the world to gain knowledge and wisdom before returning home. I love that. So I, it, with that knowledge that I would have, I would... Uh, shaking hand we're still in this why they're having that conversation like, at, at, at this point he's kind of like gone like semi bipedal and is like looking over your like back and like like fully like scoping you out i feel like a uh, the name of those people that study animals out in the field and they're just like look wildlife biologist look yeah <laughs> oh, yes whatever their official title is and they're just like look at this thing looking all over me i'm just like glancing at everyone else like look um very excitingly i we we will have to share so many stories i want to know everything uh please i i've never met but have always want to meet one of your people i uh, i let let us yes go to the see the lord keeper um will you as you say that with us as you say that, you see a couple of the acolytes at the top of the stairs just kind of holding the doors, looking down at you guys, like that are standing like 15 feet away. And they're just like, Are, are you coming in? Are you staying out? What would you like to do? <laughs> this is a strange display. Usually the conversation happens inside. It's also uh, raining. Yeah, we go. Oh, but, yeah. Um, remember to check your weapons at the door. Yeah. yeah. All, all of them, not yeah. just the seen ones, all of them. Basically, what I'm going to ask is, is anybody wanting to hide a weapon? <laughs> well, if, or do well, you, if, or do you I, hand I, everything over? I do have a question. Uh, yes. Since I wouldn't have, have I because I didn't know this, I thought they had already turned their weapons in. Uh, would I still have my weapon technically yes. with me? Okay. If you are outside the but, temple, you are permitted to have your weapons. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for everybody's answer, and then I'll kind of do a little bit more monologue. I'll just put my quarterstaff in my right hand and you know kind of just look down at my gimpy arm and look at the uh archons there and uh see what they think of it before just trying to like traipse inside sure um you see um, one of the acolytes who appears to be a uh 
a, a fairly young elven man with like a, a razor sharp nose and sharp features um kind of looks down and he he sees the staff and he kind of looks at your hand and yeah no he says uh sir if you'd uh, be so kind as to relinquish the weapon i i don't want to be rude but missing an arm your legs still work i presume you've made it up here fine my legs do work um i do use it sometimes just to get around a little bit easier and uh just for utility purpose, but I do understand cool. your laws and I respect your culture. So here, for the briefest moment, you see his eyes like flash almost, and he like quickly like reaches out and puts a hand in front of your face, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Are you blind?" And then he sees your eye kind of tracking and like hand on the staff, and he's like, "Oh, no, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, no, that's my bad. Uh, yeah, thank you." <laughs> he just takes I totally it could have faked that too. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, question. Mm -hmm. Now, I know your customs are to leave your weapons at the door, but unfortunately, the mm -hmm. way I was born, fused, created, I was created with weapons inside of me, but I swear to not use any of them for any harm. We are only here to speak. I just wanted to make you aware of that in honesty. You see the other figure uh, approach, and it's a... Uh... A, a, uh, uh, sorry, a Garudan female with white plumage, um, kind of hidden beneath this robe, so you don't notice at first. But as she walks forward, she kind of raises her arms, and you can see that like the wings behind are like pulling the cloak up and around. And she says, uh, "Well, if we restricted every single person with magic or strange artifacts on them built into their bodies, we wouldn't be able to receive." Too many people, no, could we? If your weapon or magic is built into you in such a way that it cannot be removed, then we will take your word that you will not do anything untoward. Understood. Uh, as that's happening, uh, Jen is gonna is kind of like still kind of like giddy is walking uh, with the party before he realizes like oh and uh, quickly rushes back to his spot uh, he was sitting before and within. The tall grass uh, he reaches down and like in a giant arc like swings a giant war club and let it slam on the other side of him um kind of picks it and like scoots it in and starts making his way back to hand it in so my main question now is uh the same as before does everybody relinquish every weapon that they have yes yes yeah Gives the great sword a kiss at the on its pommel and hands it over delicately, as well as his pair, his short sword, and his kukri. He just kind of does a flourish and turns him in. <laughs> you see, like the male elf, uh, kind of like holding the staff and the great sword and the club, and then the females grabbing some of the other weapons. They just keep coming, and they're like, "Uh." <laughs> the the male's like, "You've got quite the arsenal here. Wow, uh, just among the six of you." Um, well, let it be known that these will be cared for and checked in, and we will place them separately from the others who have come in, and you, they will be returned to you upon our word and the word of the Lord Keeper himself. Cool. He walks in and then turns right back around and then just hands them like three darts. <laughs> I just recognized I had that in my inventory, so I didn't want to lose. Uh -oh. I didn't want to like, <laughs> get in trouble for having darts on me or yeah. something. <laughs> Giant lawn darts. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're going to go that far, I'd get longbow, two hand axes, and I also pull a wand out of my sleeve, and I put it there as well. And you know. <laughs> I can just have my uh, jeweler's kit out, just because you never know. <laughs> you guys are like emptying out an entire fucking wagon full of goods. All right, pencils, hand them over. They're just like, how the hell are you carrying all of these? Where do you find the space? They have to bring out a jackass to hold the wagon full right. of weapons and stuff. Yeah, his name is Marshall. Oh my god. <laughs> you'll, just, you'll just see Lucian's hands start appearing out from underneath his cloak because he's still being very keep, careful to keep it closed up because yeah. that's, he's weird like that. And you just see so, like a bow and a short sword and another short sword and arrows and a quarter staff. Oh, and black arrows. Don't forget that. Oh, and uh, and wobbling arrows, and then a hunting trap. Oh my god! <laughs> yep. yep. I just um, drop a stick and, on it, and I I leave last. <laughs> so presumably, he puts away his club and like, un, like takes out like his one piece of chalk, and also puts it with it as well. You never know. Uh, to a ninja, even a napkin is a deadly weapon. Oh, <laughs> what do you do with a napkin? So you put so a little boogie in it. You, you, oh my god! How do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. Best joke ever. Um, as you lay your weapons down uh, inside the boxes they give, uh, they're kind of like felt-lined, nice boxes. They, they treat things with respect. Um, the stone doors slide open with this terrible grinding noise, and uh, before you lies row after row after row after row of books. They're kind of chained up by the bindings to the different shelves. Um, but it's just rows and rows of books all the way back into the dark recesses of this chamber. You can see people milling about. You can see people at desks reading. Um, you can see essentially acolyte librarians kind of like picking books, unlocking them, and like letting people take them to sit down and read. And that's where we're going to take a short break, guys. He's a Jedi gorilla. Well, yeah. <laughs> he sensed well, the yeah. disturbance of the Force before he saw it. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> yep. yeah. I see no other option. That's what he has to be. Actually, seeing no other option means you're dealing in absolutes. And you know what they say about that. Listen, if he's a Sith, then... <laughs> I knew we could not trust him. It's treason, then. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. He's so happy. Speaking of the Sith, about to say like, oh, definitely yeah, a Sith the right slug. there. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready to continue? Hell yeah! Aggressive flute playing. <laughs> Aggressive flute playing. I love that. <laughs> like, so we're going to break. The first words: aggressive flute playing. <laughs> just imagine a man just like. <laughs> so before you lies the first floor of the library of the Lord Keeper's Grove, 
you can see a few acolytes, like I said, who are roaming about and helping some of the patrons with the books. Others are just wandering around talking with people or quietly enforcing rules. Um, you do see a chamber to the right, about halfway through the room that seems lit, a lot of stone, a lot of gray stone. Uh, it's very kind of cool in here, kind of cool and, and dim lighting in here. Looking multiple about, you stories? can see multiple stories, yes. Um, but in this room, no. In this room, it's, it's the one story that's about 20 feet tall. Uh, but this place does have multiple stories extending downward. And actually, like looking forward into the room, if you were to walk about 20 feet in, you could look down into this open space that kind of spirals around as the library continues down this structure. Um, kind of looking down almost through a skylight, as it were. <clears throat> the rugs in the room that kind of decorate most of the chamber, at least between the different bookcases, are a a red and purple kind of design with a gold stitch. There are a few torches hanging on the wall, but they don't quite disperse the light enough to make the room very visible. And those without dark vision have a difficult time seeing well here. There's no tapestries, no paintings, nothing like that. It's mostly a very empty room, simply existing for the pursuit of knowledge. Is this, is this like a like a live uh, hush hush stone or effectively? You don't hear very many people talking loudly. And it's kind of while we're walking, um, I guess to the whole party. So what important matters requires a meeting with the lore keeper himself? Clearly, you're not ignorant as to some of the goings on in the world at large. No, I am quite versed on what is going on. I'm just curious oh. exactly what your that doesn't to stop a Mira? They shake their head. Ow. Uh, at the mention, he's kind of like a little bewildered and kind of just starts looking around a little bit, feeling kind of. Um, I want to get an insight check and see how he's feeling. I don't care. Uh, sure. I'll roll up an insight. That's uh, the eight. Something just crossing his mind. Slight regret something along the lines of that. So you're here at the Grove, just uh, knowledge? Are you here seeking powerful allies? I, I would assume having the Lorekeeper on your side might be extremely beneficial. Oh, quite yes. But uh, I'm afraid my interests are a little bit more uh, selfish. Um, you see, my, with... my apologies, friend. I was talking to the rest of them. Oh, the Emerald Order. <laughs> but please continue. What, what, are, what are your interests here? Um, well, every mock, if you know much about our people, but you go out into the word, world to, to learn more about it and to gain wisdom. Well, with Mock's journey, they're given a list of interest that might help you learn something. Uh, and I've been working diligently on mine. I thought I could use some help. One or two questions. What areas might be insightful to me? Very interesting. Yeah. Cool. Hot stuff. One of the uh, acolytes kind of shuffles over slowly with their head bowed and sunk into this white and gold robe. And their uh, arms are kind of folded into the robe before them. <clears throat> 
and they lift their face slightly. Uh, and then this lighting and just with how much of their face the hood actually covers, you wonder if they can even see <laughs> what they're doing. Make your request known and we can perchance reveal the secrets that you desire, whether that be arcane, historical, or something else. Well, we seek an audience with the Lord Keeper himself, if that's possible. You see him like the hands kind of tense for a moment in the in the robe. And you see that by like the way they just slightly pull back. And you see the figure take a step back and say, Yes, yes, an audience with the Law Keeper can be arranged. Yes, I, I hmm. He kind of walks slightly forward uh, toward the, the hallway and you see one of the hands kind of rise out of the robe and touch to his temple and he mutters something and he, he walks back to you and says, yes, it would seem that he is currently uh, just finishing up with his, his most recent audience. Um, if you'd like to make your way there, he, he will probably be ready for you. Much appreciated. He nods. He says, do you need me to show you the way? Please. He nods again. And now as he's like nodding and his hood is moving, you can see that the lower half of his face is definitely human. Um, with quite a thick gray and white mustache with the little chin hairs. And he, he's like nodding emphatically and says, okay, then follow me. And he turns around and now I'm turning into Deckard Kane and I hate it. <laughs> I noticed that. You must rescue my granddaughter. Or whatever the hell she is. My niece or whatever. Anyway, he leads you down the side passageway um, into a large stone hallway with a deep blue rug. Again, with golden embroidery around the sides of it. Um, this hallway is pretty barren, except for the couple of torches that line the wall. He leads you down the hallway for a good two or three minutes, which, for the more insightful among you, feels a bit off just due to the nature of the size of this building. And then strangely, uh, you go up a flight of stairs. Again, the more insightful of you clock that that doesn't feel quite correct based on the architectural layout from outside. And uh, you, you walk up the stairway and you can see these large beset oaken doors um, with intricate carvings all throughout them. You can see owls and scrolls, trees that kind of form these patterns that, that branch out and uh, different kinds of peoples that are being lifted out of the ground. Um, and the doors suddenly open with this large uh, shuffling and, and almost creak. And you see this, this party of presumably adventurers walk out. One of them is a tall six foot one-ish person with the sides of his head shaved and his hair on top long and slicked back. Um, it's black. He's got some stubble on his face, uh, but most notably, you see his, uh, his left arm is missing, but kind of replaced. Um, <laughs> so he has this like strange steelborn reminiscent arm, kind of similar to Dara's uh, oh. on his left arm. Do I recognize this person? You do. Is it who I think it is? It is. <laughs> okay. Okay. And anyway, so he has this large green cloak on that droops down to the floor, or just right above the floor so it doesn't catch a bunch of dust. This leather jerkin and, and black leather pants. And uh, beside him is a vulpin, which I don't think we've really covered much in our sessions so far. 
But uh, basically, imagine just for simplicity's sake, Rocket Raccoon, but make him a fox. <laughs> That's essentially what a Vulpin is. They're about the same size. Um, they're very technical engineers of the Green Sea. Kind of learned a lot of what they learned from the gnomes before the gnomes left this area of the world. And they're they're just lovely tinkerers. Anyway, uh, it's a, a three foot five-ish Vulpin with deep reddish orange fur and little white spots around the nose, uh, the black nose. And he's wearing what appears to look like a, a greasy mechanics uniform with like the sleeves torn off. And he's got like wrenches tucked into his belt and different tools tucked into his belt. Uh, and goggles on top of his head. And the two of them kind of walk out of the room and look over at you, and, and they just nod and bow deeply to both of you, or to the to the party, I mean. And the the man, uh, kind of his eyes glance over at SDL. It is visible. He definitely, definitely clocks something <laughs> with a natural 20. <laughs> definitely clocks something. And a form of recognition crosses his face before he just sighs squints and kind of blinks and walks forward and leaves the room. To see you too, so. Do you say that to him? I say that as they're walking away. You see him just kind of look over his shoulder and say, you're supposed to be dead. Well, if you stick around a little bit, I can explain. We'll, uh, we're sticking around Wolaka for a bit and find us at the usual. I, uh, I, I take it he means the lich. Yes, and you can, like, sense the heaviness in his voice as he says that. The doors are open, an acolyte stands before you, wearing a black robe instead of white, still with the golden embroidery. And uh, they kind of bow deeply to all of you, and they say, Thank you, Amesh. Uh, I'll take it from here. And Amesh bows to all of you. He says, Yes, um, quite right. Uh, I'll, I'll attend the others. He much walks back down the steps. What's that? I was just much appreciated. Mm -hmm. He walks back down the way that they came. Uh, the figure in the black cloak, um, this one you can tell is a human, just, just by the way that he is. <laughs> you can tell that it's an aspen because of the way that it is. How neat is that? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of gestures as he bows uh, deeply uh, back toward the room. And in the dark, kind of shadowy interior, uh, those of you with dark vision, uh, well, I'll start with this. Those of you without dark vision don't see very far into the room. It's very dark. There are a couple of like purple and blue lights in the room, but they don't shed light around them. They almost seem to absorb it. Uh, those of you with dark vision can see far back into the room, into this chamber. This This room seems to stretch up a good 50 or 60 feet tall, and it seems to be at least 100 feet wide. In the back center of the room is an enormous throne, just made of stone, um, completely, completely undecorated. And as you walk into the room, you can see what appears to be an eight-foot-tall white owl with golden feathers and a large four-fingered hand resting on the owl's head. And this hand alone is probably the size of you standing up. <laughs> It's a huge hand. And as you walk into the room, you can see before you the lore keeper himself. An enormous Alfiel elephant man, cloaked in shadow, wearing only a simple 
white toga. Like you look up to see this this hulking figure above you. You can see these large ivory tusks just extending out into the room. Uh, his trunk is probably a good 20, 25 feet long. This guy's big. There's a big boy. So does anyone see anything? Holy fucking shit. There's dark in here. You've heard, <laughs> you've heard legends of giants before, right? And some of you maybe have even seen them in the past in some of the wild lands. This makes the giants that you've heard of seem small in comparison. It's, it's got to be 150 feet tall. Steel, is that him? As I asked that question. I wish we could uh, meet each other once again on better terms, Lurky, but... Those of you who have... Have you all entered the room? Yeah, I've entered now. Okay. The heavy doors creak and close behind you with a loud thud as they come together. And uh, glancing back, Quill, it looks like the cloaked figure has left the room as well. Small green, blue, purple, and red lights just kind of appear in the, in the air above all of you illuminating the chamber in this kind of color-changing glow, kind of softly swaying between purples and blues and reds and greens. And now all of you can see the enormous figure of the Lorekeeper before you and the figure of the giant eight-foot-tall owl as well. <laughs> well, I imagined this would look differently. The owl is the symbol for... Text I... notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know, it's good. <laughs> just reminds me of like a post you'd see on tumblr an owl is the symbol for asterisk checks notes asterisk ioten the god of knowledge <laughs> i was gonna say it wrong yes that is the symbol of ioten is a is an owl essentially holding a scroll um <clears throat> chase you said uh you imagined you'd meet on different terms yes sir you hear this deep, sonorous voice begin to fill the chamber, and for a moment you're not sure if he's talking or if the room is just vibrating. And then, <clears throat> more in your heads than anything else, uh, all of you hear an answer to STL's statement. Yes, I had hoped upon different circumstances. His eye just kind of, this enormous eye just kind of cuts down and looks at all of you. You aren't from this world, though, STL. Not this one. You hear a grunt of, of uh, acknowledgement, and then in your heads once more. Why do you seek me? What can I do to aid you in your quest? Go on, you didn't just travel here for nothing. I think we're all in agreement that things lately have turned to shit in the world. And struggle as we might, we, uh, as a group, I'm presuming, correct me if I'm, I'm speaking out of turn, uh, wish to change Destiny's path. Voice once more vibrates in all of your ears, and I need all of you to make a constitution saving throw. Not my strong suit at a five. Oh. Uh, 18. <clears throat> An eight. 17. Well, 10. I'm, I'm having the Dara dilemma of, I have high con, why can't I, but I roll so low. Yep, yep. Okay, so Dara and Quill, as this voice begins to echo in your minds, both of you begin feeling somewhat ill. Not in the sense of, like, you're going to throw up or anything like that, but just 
the rattling inside your skull is almost giving you a migraine. Now you're still fine for everything mechanically uh, and role play wise, just hurting your heads a bit. <clears throat> and the room shakes a bit deeper this time, and you can't tell if this is anger or something else. You say as a group, did I hear that correctly? Yes. And yet, if I ask you to turn to the man beside you, what could you even begin to tell me about that person? Lux, Declusion, Dara, Quill, not very much. The rest of you feel that this is not only a question for SDL either. If anyone else would like to chime in on that. I personally, out of character, don't know what to say. I know uh, of the history of my party members and what we've shared. Um, these two, however, I don't know very well at all. So knowledge, I'm sure you would agree, is varying. But uh, I can, if you would like, to go over some of our history, if that is necessary. You feel the vibrations once more, and the voice begins to slowly fill the chamber, this time out loud instead of in your heads. The stones on the wall begin to slowly knock loose, and slight rubble begins to fall around the room as he speaks. If you seek to truly stop the Realm Eater, Amira, you will have to lay your lives down for one another and know each other more intimately than ever before. The road ahead lies with treachery, betrayal, heartbreak. If you cannot lean on your fellow members of this order, you will not make it out alive. As he kind of finishes that sentence, a large stone from the ceiling falls and slams into the ground about 20 feet to your left, Orifarne. Shit. You what see the great hands begin to slowly rise into the air. And the four fingers splay out to the sides, and what looks like dark purple energy, not malevolence, key point there, <laughs> but dark purple energy begins to, to start growing in his hand as he slowly pulls his hands wide. And before you is this large, essentially 15-foot-wide spherical orb of purple energy that as he twists his hands begins to flatten and shape around and you can see uh, all at once the different islands of the green sea you can see stalbrook torvala you can see the deepwood you can see the cragane mountains and uh, then you can see farther to the west you see a large island almost a continent of itself which you know to be venubia for those that have been there or seen it and then beyond that to the west you see this large desolate looking area and the voice fills the chamber once more and says if you wish to survive your trek to Old Draconia and truly wish to prevent Shamsta here from returning, it will take great strength, fortitude, and wisdom, as you are may not be enough. We will grow. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> you, see, uh, you see his head just slowly nod. Quill, as you say that, and you hear once more filling the chamber as rocks begin to cascade down around you. Indeed you will, or you will perish alone 
and the purple kind of image slowly expands out into like a large gateway that slowly drifts closer to the floor. And uh, all the light in the room slowly begins sucking toward the portal. And then all of you feel this force pulling you forward. Do you fight it? I'll yes. just walk in. <laughs> okay. Quill just yeah, walks in. I don't fight it. I've been with the Lorekeeper before. I don't fight it. I'll just walk in it slowly say, Great responsibility. <laughs> And then it just fades. As you walk out, he's like, that movie was overplayed. <laughs> <laughs> Lucian will definitely fight it. I do not trust elephant people. All right, make a strike. I am I am I'm, I'm fighting it too because I have I, I still have a question to ask and I I'm I'm gonna talk what? about groups. Friend Is it strength or athletics? Anyone wanting to fight it, roll strength checks. Yeah, not athletics, just straight strength. All right. Natural 20, 25. Oh, I got a seven. Clushin <laughs> just goes, this is just like the last time! Clushin <laughs> uh, oh, tries to steal himself and dig his heels into the ground. And it's not like sucking you in super quick or anything. It's, it's more of like a gentle pull... But if you're wanting to resist it, you'll have to really dig your heels in. So you're you're kind of being pulled forward, but you're not in it yet. Kind of clasp my get? hand. Uh, I got a natural twenty for a twenty-four. Two natural twenties, Jesus. Uh, yeah. All right. So as I start feeling, so I kind of in... grab a hand on on. I, I'm going to say this wrong for sure. Or or a farne. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of just like brace myself on you. As I sure the feeling. two of you or a farne and um. Uh, Jin, both of you managed to resist this pretty well. Jin, you're pretty heavy, uh, so <laughs> so it's a little easier for you. But Orifarne, um, you're no stranger to these kind of things, even if you yourself don't know or do of that. Uh, a little mysterious way to say that, I guess. You kind of recognize what's happening, and you see everybody else walking forward except for Clushin and Jin, and you see Clushin kind of digging his heels, but still being sucked forward slightly. And yeah, you managed to resist it as well. Dig your heels in, refusing to fall forward. I'm not leaving without the sword. The sword will be cared for in your absence. More rocks begin falling from the ceiling. I mean, can I, can I insight check him, I guess? Yeah, by all means. I mean, not that he's distrusting of the guy, but 13. It doesn't seem to have ill intent. It's all I've got. I need the sword. Please. The owl kind like of just desperation cocks its head at you. A little bit. The owl cocks its head at you. The sword will be well kept. You won't be gone long. A few minutes at most. He shakes his shoulder free of gin and then just walks in. I just lose, right? Like, I'm just sliding in. <laughs> Slowly. It's not, it's not a quick thing. Um, if like you have anything you want to say, you can. <laughs> just catch a shoulder. This turns into Geralt, and he's like, I hate portals. <laughs> it's like, I hate elephants. <laughs> he's the last of his kind. <laughs> he's like, I'm about to make him... <laughs> uh, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the same looking as the portals that uh, threw him through time, right? No, 
No, not quite. okay. Not quite. Nope. Earthdale said PTSD. That's what I was about I mean, to... Yes, but also no. Clusion, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything you would like to say before you enter the portal? Or anything you'd no, like to do? Nothing, nothing beyond the begrudging, not again. Unexaggerated <laughs> okay. and done at that point. <laughs> sure. Uh, that leaves you, Jin. Um, as he's kind of staying there, and I, for the sake, he kind of starts slipping in, slipping a little bit. Um, I, I, I have so many questions that I, I know I can't, I can't ask, but where did I go? Where, where? The bird cocks its head again, kind of does a little hop and says, you follow for now. Answers will come. And as he kind of like, is there like slowly like slip, like gliding into this portal, the very last second he's like, wait, how do I?